Okay, welcome to the third lesson of the series, Something Deeper. And we're going to continue where we left off. Last week, we talked a little bit about how our goal here, the goal of studying Hasidus, is to help us encounter and understand Hashem as much as we can. Um, we introduced the analogy of uh, a teacher and a student, where a teacher understands concepts on a much higher level than the student, and then has to enter into the student's realm, speak their language with analogies and presentations that are of the student's um, language in order to communicate the teacher's ideas to the student. And ultimately, the message is not just to share an analogy, but that through the analogy, the student can appreciate the original idea, and ultimately, ultimately, a student and the teacher can share the same understanding of an idea. Um, and we talked about how that means that when you see darkness, it's not only what you see on the surface as being darkness, it might also be a form of revelation. The analogy covers over the analog, the original idea. But that's not for the purpose of just obscuring the original idea. It covers it up in order to express it and convey it <clears throat> to another world, to the world of the student. Um, and how we talked about how that also relates to relationships, where distance can actually be uh, a stronger aspect of the connection. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and so on. So there is there is sort of a, a silver lining to every cloud, a silver lining to every darkness. And it comes from understanding the role of, of concealment, the role of, of Hashem being hidden. Hashem's light, Hashem's presence is generally hidden in the world. And we can look at that and say, oh no, we're so distant. Oh no, we're so disconnected. Or we can also adopt a perspective where we learn to, to perceive and understand what the purpose of the concealment is and how it actually serves to convey and communicate something of the teacher, in other words, something of Hashem. And um, and that we don't we can we can use the analogy to understand the analog. Where I want to go today is to build on that idea and introduce a major fundamental concept in Jewish theology, Jewish philosophy, called klipa. Klipa in Hebrew literally means peel. Why is a banana peel a major theological concept? So let me let me back up a little bit in order to bring this idea forward and, and to introduce it. It's possible for a person's relationship with Hashem to be vague or and or inconsistent. When times are good, oh, I did well, I'm so smart. When times are tough, where is God? How could he do this to me? Obviously, we believe in Hashem's existence, but we don't always connect the small details of, of, of the hundreds of daily events to Hashem. We can think that it's just Mother Nature and it's the way things work. And if you work hard, you make money. It has nothing to do with God. Who is Mother Nature? Why is it this way? Why not the other way? This is, this is something that we can slip into because we're wired that way. Our goal here is to, to learn and uncover the truth behind nature. And, and that, that that's based on, in order for that to happen, you have to understand a little bit about the nature of reality, how Hashem is the creative power behind everything in existence, and nothing could ever exist without Hashem bringing it into existence. We're going to explain a lot of that throughout the teaching that we're getting into, the ma'amar that we're getting into. Um, so Hashem is obviously and necessarily the force behind all of reality, 
everything that exists is constantly being animated and energized into existence by Hashem in the same way that the uh, flow of electricity is constantly powering my computer and, and turning, keeping the lights on. And it's not enough to say that, well, a second ago or a minute ago or an hour ago, there was a flow of electricity there, so that should suffice for the next day or two. No, it has to be constant. And the moment it stops, the thing shuts off. And it's a similar thing with how Hashem creates the world. He didn't just wind it up and let it go. It's a constant flow of energy. We're going to justify and explain all these statements as we go on. But the kicker is that Hashem hides this energy. He hides his presence. He hides his creative power in a veil, in a shell, in a peel of nature. And that's all you'll see. If you look at reality superficially, all you'll see is the veil of nature. You don't see anything deeper. It's not that obvious. And that's also by design. Hashem designed us that we are wired, at least partially, part of us is wired, to view things in a very superficial way. And it has to do where our soul, with, where, with where our souls come from. Um, and it's needed, it's important for things to be that way because that's how we have the possibility for independent and meaningful struggle and achievement and success. It's all possible because we're wired to see things superficially. We don't see the truth automatically and we have to overcome a lot of our biases, a lot of our weaknesses, a lot of our own flaws in order to achieve meaningful success and achievement both spiritually and materially. Um, and so this superficiality that 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 colors basically our, our default wiring is we are wired to be superficial. And it's also how Hashem designed the world. The, the world presents itself um, in, in a way where it, it highlights that which is superficial. Um, and it's just, this is an important key to the reality Hashem designed. Um, and our natural soul, which is one of two souls that we have. And Tanya explains the first two chapters of Tanya talk about how we each have two souls. We have a natural soul, also sometimes referred to as an animal soul, which is really the, the force of life that we that makes us alive. And it's also the, the what we would call human nature. Everything that's a part of human nature, whether it's the fight-or-flight reflex, whether it's the self-preservation, the self-orientation, instinct that we all have, um, anything to do with the ego, all associated with what we can call the natural slash animal soul. And it's not evil per se. The, the animal soul, like an animal, animals aren't evil. Animals can't be evil. They don't have a choice. They're not evil. We don't consider horses to be evil. We don't consider cows to be evil. They're just animalistic, meaning they operate on instinct. They don't have the capacity to, to live a life of mind over matter. They don't have the capacity to seek the truth and live with idealism and values. All they know is, I need to eat. Uh, I need to mate. I need the toilet. I need to sleep. That's, that's an animal's life. And we also possess that, uh, that type of soul, at least part of us, is wired the same way. And it all stems from the energy of Klippa, which is, in other words, what results from Hashem's ability to disguise himself and hide himself in reality. It's a costume, it's a dress-up, it's a cover-up for the truth, 
but that is um that is the 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 filter so to speak through which hashem projects all of existence and all of reality the filter of klipa there's only one creator there's only one power right judaism doesn't accept and doesn't believe in any power sharing agreement there's no vice president in heaven uh we don't have a devil who 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 has his own authority um there's one god and one power and that's it pure pure monotheism but Hashem can filter his presence and filter his energy in a way where us on the front end, you know, for any, any programmers listening, the, the front end and the back end of, of coding is a very good analogy for all of this. Where, you know, on the back end, there's uh, all kinds of possibilities. And um, you choose what kind of programming to put in and what kind of code to write. And on the, on the front end, there will appear a certain way. And on the front end, you can't really change much. You don't have the ability to change the front end unless you have access to the back end. Um, so Hashem can project himself in various ways that on the front end should appear one way, even though on the back end, there's there's so much more going on. Um, it's up to us. If, if we will develop a, a higher level of sensitivity, if we will work on, on sharpening our tools of perception, and developing a higher consciousness that's not going to be confused by the smoke and mirrors of the world. And we're going to see through it. We're going to see through the force of, force of nature. We're going to see through human nature. We'll see through all that extends from Kalipa, from the peel energy, and find the truth. That's our big goal. That's our big goal. That each of us should be able to feel um, and connect with Hashem in a real way without pretending, without being in denial. And it starts by not being distracted by the superficiality of, of our daily reality. And, and, and that starts with understanding what it is that you're seeing. Why is it this way? So, Klippa has an important role. We talk about klipa, we talk about the superficiality of life and how we're so wired in that way. It's not inherently bad. We can we can decide that it's bad based on our perception. And I'll get I'll explain what I mean in a second. But it has an important role, just like bananas need a peel, because otherwise the fruit will get mushy and dirty. So peel keeps it whole, keeps it clean. The problem begins when all you perceive is the peel. When you don't see anything more than just peel, and you start to judge it and evaluate it and define it by the peel, by the superficiality. You forget about the fruit. A person could think, hypothetically, I don't know if this ever happens about bananas, but it's a good, it's a good analogy. You could think that the peel is, is the end and not a means. You could reject a better fruit in an uglier peel because you'd like to have a nice peel, but worse fruit. And you can see this play out in so many different areas in life, not just in choosing bananas. And again, we have to have a little bit of, of patience, if not compassion for ourselves, because Hashem set us up. Hashem created us in such a way that we're wired to look for the peel. So you can't, you can't take all the blame because you didn't make it that way. Hashem made it that way. He gave you work to do. But we are wired to look at the peel. We're wired to connect with the peel. 
We're going to follow our eyes much faster than we follow our minds. We judge books by their covers. Everything in the world has an inside and an outside. We can, we can evaluate something based on its appearance or evaluate it based on its substance. You know, aesthetic versus purpose. Do you want to have the really cute can opener or do you want the one that works? And so on and so forth. And there's always, 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 every moment of life, we're going to be struggling and, and being pulled in different directions on this point. Do you want to approach life with a, a klipa mentality, superficiality mentality, or with a godly mentality, which sees through the peel of the world and, and understands what the purpose of each thing is, how it connects to my purpose and my soul. And that's from very abstract things to very simple things like a can opener. But if, you're, if you go through your entire life with the klipa mindset, then that will affect the big things and the small things. You'll, you'll buy the expensive can opener that doesn't work because it looks nice and matches the rest of your kitchen. And so on and so forth. Um, I'm talking a lot and I'm throwing a lot of ideas at you. Any questions? Nope, just listening. Okay, so far so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. Okay. Um, now, we also have another part of ourselves. This is this is chapter two in Tanya, that we all have a divine soul. There's a part of us that is rooted directly in the essence of God. And from that perspective, we are not wired to, to look at things superfici superficially. We are wired to the soul of reality. We're connected to the divine energy and everything. And we have the capacity to see be beneath the surface, to see past the Kalima, just to not be uh, attracted or, or, or connected to the superficiality of things. Um, and it's like somebody wearing uh, dirty glasses or, or colored glasses. Um, I, like to, I like to share the story of when we were once driving back from Buffalo you know, once upon a time, it was worth shopping in Buffalo. Remember, and we were we had gone for a shopping trip. We're we still buy our milk and cheese there. It's still you cheaper. Know? Really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. yeah. I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah. Well, I got a Buffalo Toronto Express. So. Oh okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. So <laughs> we're coming back from Buffalo. It was the end of the day, and uh, I was wearing. I had these uh, prescription shades. I was wearing. And we're driving and driving, and as we're driving, the sun is setting. You know, headlights come on. And I look at the dashboard, and all the, you know, the lights on all the buttons in the dashboard were very dim. What's going on? Why is everything so dim? I, I fiddled with that knob, you know, that knob that adjusts the brightness of things on the dashboard. Didn't help. Like, oh, my God, this is so strange. I'm going to have to go to the mechanic and fix all these lights. I never heard of fixing the lights on the dashboard and all the buttons in your car and the how do you even fix those lights? It's so strange. And this went on for a good 10, 15 minutes till I realized I was still wearing my shades after the sun had gone down. And that's why everything looked so dim. And of course, when I took them off, everything was magically fixed. And, and that's really how it could be sometimes. You, you, you have a perspective on the world and you're convinced that you're seeing things as they are. And all of a sudden, everything is dim. Everything is broken. 
everything's messed up, everything's dysfunctional. And you're right, but it's also a function of your lenses. It's a function of your perspective. And that comes from whatever level of consciousness you're operating on. You're operating on a very superficial, base, materialistic um, level of consciousness. That's what you'll see. They tell a story of um, one of the early Hasidic Rebbes. can't remember who it was at the moment. Oh, I know who it was. It was the Koznitzer Magid, the Magid of Koznitz. He was on his deathbed. And his son is with him. He tells his son, I'm already, I'm already without a body. Whatever he meant exactly by that, he says, I don't have a body anymore. He was still alive. He was on his deathbed, but that's what he said. Now his son holds on to his hand and says, but dad, I feel that you have a body. I'm holding your hand. His father tells him, you're, you're, you're approaching me and you're feeling me with your body. So that's what you feel. You feel a body. And there's a there's a profound lesson here. The, the the lenses that you wear, the consciousness that you bring to the table, the level of consciousness that you bring to bear on life is going to filter everything that you see, your entire experience. And if you have dirty dirty glasses or dark lenses, everything will appear to be dark. Everything will appear to be dirty. Um, our default setting is to look at the world from the Klippa perspective. We have the capacity with work to unleash our, our divine soul, which is also part of us, um, to, to bring that to bear on our experience in the world and not see the world through the default setting that we started with, that we're born with, that we're created with, of physicality and superficiality, but to be able to, to see deeper. We have that capacity, but again, it's not the natural starting point. And it takes a lot of work to start to shift from one set of lenses to the other. But that can be done. And that shift basically happens through the study of these ideas, the concept that we're going to be learning about in this in this mimer throughout, throughout this course, um, through meditating on them, like I mentioned in the beginning. It's not enough just to study the ideas or understand the ideas even. You have to think about it. You have to digest it. You have to play with it. You have to discuss it. You have to try to apply it. Uh, understanding it in the class is really just the beginning of it. Now, now you have the material to work with. But there's there's a need for, for serious amounts of reflection and honesty and reflection and honesty and application. And challenging yourself to, to adjust your, your perspective through the ideas that you're learning. I want to just be able to make sure that this is not remaining too abstract. I want to take a moment just to give some common examples of a perspective of Kalipa, perspective of superficiality. So one of the easy ones is racism. Anyone who judges other people based on their appearance is falling prey for the classic um, Kalipa perspective of, of judging a book by its cover, right? Not the, not the content of their character and so on. The idea that in our society, people pay attention to celebrities in the first place. Um, many of whom are celebrities because they're famous. They're celebrities because they're celebrities. 
Um, it's one thing to, to celebrate somebody for uh, a true achievement. It's another thing to celebrate someone just for being beautiful um, or being exciting. Um, and the celebrity, the stories, the worst case stories of, of the celebrity life, celebrity lifestyle also illustrate how, how superficial that could be. Um, even somebody, no offense to the live audience, but even somebody who puts their faith in a medical professional or a lawyer when they're dealing with a crisis um, is also guilty in a way of, of valuing the superficial over, over the divine. Because all a doctor can do is try their best. All a nurse can do is try their best based on the science, based on the research, based on the established protocols to treat the patient. Um, but they don't, they don't dictate who makes it and who doesn't. They don't dictate the, uh, the actual outcome. That's in the hands of God. We have to do our best in a natural way. Same thing with a lawyer. You know, you think you got the best lawyer. Now you're just going to coast. Everything's going to be fine. That's not a, that's not how it works. It's not a guarantee of anything. And that's an example of somebody who lives in the superficial realm of reality, thinking that as long as I get the right doctor, the right lawyer, I can be, I can rest assured that everything will be fine. You should definitely try to get the best doctor and the best lawyer. Um, and if you need an immigration lawyer, I know someone. But the 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 trust that a person can put in a in a lawyer or a doctor is misplaced. You're trusting the superficiality. You're trusting the the the, the external layer of the process, and and forgetting about the fruit inside. Another example, you have. Uh, in a shul, there are people. Wait, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just debate that a little bit. Sure. Because while you can say that you're putting your faith in the medical professional or the lawyer or any other professional to do the good job, and if you get the best one, then you'll be fine. That's one element of it, of you to go and search out that professional. However, the other factor is that you can then pray to God. To give that professional the wisdom yeah. to make the good choices or to see the extra layer or elements in order to do their best job. Um, Absolutely. And to, so I I don't know if that's going an extra layer, but I it, it I think it's all in the same thing. You're you're yes, you are putting your entire faith in that professional with the background also while thinking that let God give them the wisdom to do their job to the best Absolutely. of their ability. And I entrust that um, I believe in this professional. And then, and then, to, and then let God, let me trust this professional because God is not on this earth to actually do the act, but giving the wisdom and the ability for that professional to do the act. So I'm with you on most of that. I'm with you on most of that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna quibble on whether God is on this earth or not. Um, I hope we're not actually quibbling and it's just a, a game of words. But um, Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. And, and yes, I know that was in my everything, car. Everything that exists. No, it's, it's you know it's not just a kid's song. Everything that exists is is in existence because of Hashem's intentional, constant creation. Right, so which means, God which means that everything is still hand. right. 
So Begad Chazaka, like God is outstretched hand through the hands of the professional. Right. right, of course. And and ultimately, you know, you can you have a problem with a company, you can call customer service or you can call the boss in, on his cell at home and, and get your problem dealt with. So <laughs> our 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 faith tells us don't get stuck in middle management, call the boss and and let the boss work his way through his system that he has. Of course, that means get the best doctor, get the best lawyer, and let, let them do their job and pray that God makes them successful, of course. But it is actually a, a subtle or not so subtle distinction in where you actually place your trust. Like what makes you feel that we have this under control? Is it that you have Canada's famous most, most famous doctor? Or is it your faith in Hashem? And that's not such an easy question to answer if you're being honest sometimes an honest person might say i don't know my faith is in the background and i'm just delighted that this doctor took my case and um and there are layers of of layers and layers of of parsing through the the, the superficiality and the clipper experience you know when it comes to celebrities it might be it might be more obvious where you draw the line and it might be more easy to 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 tease apart what's what's real and what's important versus what's what's silly and superficial um when it comes to dealing with a health crisis maybe that becomes a little bit more subtle a little bit more intertwined where exactly do i draw the line where exactly do i make that distinction between what is superficial and what is divine what is the what is the external layer what's the internal layer um but you know again this is just an example of a few different examples and we're gonna we're gonna flesh out these ideas. I mean, this basic idea right here is it's a huge idea to work through. To what degree do we say, on one hand, don't rely on miracles, on the other hand, work through the natural order? And and then where are you actually putting your, your which basket are you putting your eggs in? Um, there's a lot to say on this topic. We're gonna we're gonna work through more of it. Um in shul, sometimes you could have a a cantor who is performing, not really leading the prayers as much as he's putting on a concert. Of course, he's leading the prayers, but you know, putting up a show. And then you have people who lead the prayers, and they're very heartfelt and sincere, and they're focused on praying and and representing the community in prayer before God. And that's another example of do you as a as a leader, as a as a chazan, do you approach the prayer as a performance? Do you approach it as an encounter with God? Another example of, of this split between doing something as a superficial activity, doing something as a more internal divine activity. Um Ariel had that question last week for me. Really? He said when, yeah, no, no joke. He says impressive. When we are singing, it was after we, we were listening to Hameira in the car. Um, and he says, when we're singing these songs, like listening to them in the car, does God like that? Or does he think we're just making fun of his songs? He says, well, firstly, he says, is this a tefillah? And I said, yes, it's a tefillah. It comes from somewhere. Where? I don't know. Tanakh? Like. Torah, I, I don't know where it's from. So it's from somewhere. Tehillim, I don't know. It's it's from somewhere. But 
he says, okay, so it's so it's a meaningful thing for Hashem, right? Yes. Okay. So does Hashem think we're making fun of him? We're making fun of his song when we're singing these songs and people oh. are performing and playing guitar with them? Wow. Or or what is it? And so I answered him and I said, No, I believe that we are um making like a hallelujah out of it. Like we're yeah. we're we're showing him that we appreciate him by yeah. I don't know what the word is. I don't remember what I said. But right. just performing to to show him that 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 we do love him. And it's not making fun of him. Right. Oh. Complimenting. Yeah. Look, this we love it so much. He's taking after Daniel in philosophy. That's for sure. That's amazing. That's an amazing question. Very, very sensitive question. Wow. Yeah. That's him. Very amazing. Yeah, look, it's great. We we love it so much. We sing it people, <laughs> right? It's 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 part of our life. We we love it so much. We don't just do it once a week or once a year. We do it all the time because can't get enough of it. Um, what a question. So uh clearly, clearly your child is not uh is not seeing the world through superficial lenses. Well, he's taking the advanced class, so <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, well, you get I get a lot of nachas from from my kids' questions sometimes. So you, you should hope you have I hope you're having nachas from that question. Um, junk food. Junk food is another example. You know, it looks good. It's easy. It's right there, delicious. And then five minutes later, you feel like garbage. Um, you went for the easy, superficial thrill. Of of uh, of bisley, or cake, and whatever, and uh, and now you pay the price. And 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 choosing healthy options is uh, is really seeing the food for what it is on a, on a soul level. What is the purpose of food? What is the role of food? It's much more thoughtful, and it goes in line with the whole distinction between living on the on the level of the peel, or or living on the level of the fruit. Um, the same thing goes for marketing. Marketing being such a such an industry in our time, um, all about persuading people by by the use of you know superficiality, by the use of imagery, or 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 a message in words that appeals to you know all kinds of superficial um, materialistic uh, drives that we have, appealing to our ego, whatever. Um, which is why marketing for a shul is like the biggest uh, the biggest oxymoron that could ever be. We try our best. Um, another example is credit versus debit. You swipe your credit card. You don't feel the money leaving your account right away. It's uh, there, whatever. The bill will come later. Debit card, it's, it's, it's real right now. Nobody gets in trouble with a debit card. You could get into a lot of trouble with a credit card. Um, not seeing the immediate results, not not being being disconnected from the consequences of your actions, is is a function of the klipa mindset. And there are many many other examples, and I'm sure that everybody can identify. I just wanted to to spend some time fleshing this idea out and and introducing the idea of klipa. The idea of appeal, the idea of how Hashem creates a world, and although it comes from Him, 
and he's involved in creating, bringing it into existence at every moment, we don't experience that. It's not our experience that Hashem creates the world at every moment. We don't feel that. And that's by design. The reason is that Hashem hides that. And the hiding is what we call klipa. It's the peel of reality. And our job is to, as much as possible, in all areas of life, not get carried away and 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 distracted and confused by the peel, by the superficiality of things, and always, always, always tap into, connect with, be aware of the soul of things, the inner meaning, the, the purpose of things, for all kind of synonyms for each other, but by by avoiding and, and paying attention to the the trap of the klipa, even just being aware of that is already progress. It's already a step towards liberation, towards seeing the truth in everything. And again, like we mentioned, like I mentioned last week, seeing the truth in everything, seeing godliness in everything, is is really the goal of what we're trying to achieve here. It's the goal of the study of the study and practice of Hasidus. And one more quick note. Um, the truth is is actually a great a great synonym for Hashem. Um, in my line of work, I, I sometimes meet people that are that have difficulty with the with the terminology of God or Hashem, whatever it may be, for various reasons, and they need a synonym. So I've used various synonyms over the years. I used the infinite. Um, I used Ein Sof which is what Kabbalah calls Hashem, the Ein Sof, without end, without definition. But uh, but the truth is also a very good synonym because there's no such thing as, as God that's not true and truth that doesn't include God. Um, and uh, if, if, you, if, in your, if in your religious practice, truth and God are not identical, we have a problem. And uh, And it says somewhere, that the seal, Hashem's sort of signet ring, is the truth. And, and that's the mark of God, so to speak. Anything that's true is, uh, is connected to God, is stemming from God. Anything that's false, anything that's corrupt, is disassociated from God. So our goal is to find the truth. That's what we're trying to do and to identify it, to, to connect with it, to live by it. And part of that is also understanding and identifying what is the the concealment, the corruption, the hiding, the veil, the peel, uh, being aware of that and and trying our best to to avoid falling for it, to not be fooled by it and to have the the courage and to have the you know the the vision to 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 see the truth even when it's not so obvious. And I hope and pray that Hashem will bless us all with the ability and the success to to actually do that. It is possible. It really is possible. A person who's determined, it's not that hard. You just have to be awake, you know? You have to be awake and thinking and, and paying attention. And uh, slowly but surely, you start to peel back the layers and, and not fall for everything the world is throwing at you. And you're more settled, you're more calm because you're in touch with the truth and because you're not being blown around by whatever the the news of the day or whatever the, the the trend of the day is. You have a root, you have a basis, you have a foundation, and you're rooted in the truth. So 
may that be may that be our our experience may that be our reality we'll do our best to keep working at it and i hope that these classes will be some small contribution to helping everybody grow in that direction so thank you for joining and we will continue next week again tuesday at 8:30 at jewishwaterloo.com/zoom or again on this podcast